because of the scale degree that it's that it's operating on. supersedes the chord structure temporarily. 
So the logic of the pattern temporarily supersedes the chord structure. It requires a strong note to resolve on to justify the other notes in the pattern that do not fit the chord progression. That's what a static structure is. Okay? Now, static structure is kind of the, the next step past chromaticism. Okay? Remember uh, my definition of chromaticism. Chromaticism is not just simply playing notes outside of the state of tonality. That's called wrong notes. Chromaticism is when you take notes that are outside of the state of tonality and resolve them to strong notes. A simple example of chromaticism would be like a bebop scale where you're playing both the major seven and the flat seven. If I was to stop on the major seven playing on the dominant seven chord, if I was to hold that note out, that major seven scale degree, like it's the law, it's wrong. It's the wrong note. But if I'm to use it as a chromatic passing tone, heading towards the dominant seven, then it's okay. Okay, so that's kind of the shortest version, which is what I call leading tones. Leading tones. The second step to that is enclosure. Enclosure is when you take a group of notes, some notes above the note, maybe one or two notes below the note, that resolve to a strong note. That's an enclosure. You know. or something, four notes like that, usually within the closure, before you, have to, before you get to a strong note. With a static structure, several notes, a bunch of notes, that may or may not have anything to do with the chord that you're playing on. But, the, but there is a strong pattern that is going on. The listener becomes distracted by the pattern. They become distracted by the logic in the pattern. And then, since it has a strong target note that it resolves on, it seems like it's just a tension resolution device. Okay? So if you understand it that way, and when you play the stuff, it manifests itself that way in your playing, then it can be justified. And it's fine. But if you're just playing some patterns, and you're playing all kinds of stuff, you're landing on wrong notes and everything else, oh, I'm just, you know, this is just my vibe. I just play this way. You know, this is how I, I hear stuff. Then you're just playing wrong notes. Okay? So you need to be able to justify whatever you do. That's, I think that's the, that's the message. You have to be able to justify it. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to still minor blues, and I'm just going to play a ton of Static structures, a bunch of, a bunch of stuff, and uh, see how this goes. Hmm? I, I play a lot of static structures anyway, so it won't be too hard. I don't think, but uh, sometimes you jinx yourself by saying what you're going to do. Right? One, two, one, two, three, four. <laughs> 
stuff so that it's effective, my suggestion would be to start by trying to resolve them to thirds and roots. Okay? Thirds and roots. Alright? Is there any questions? Any questions about that? Everybody straight with that? Okay? Yes? Like I noticed sometimes you would resolve it just on one note, like sometimes it'd be like the third or something, but or the root, but sometimes you would resolve it by playing another idea that was in the key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you probably don't want to start there. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean it's because it's just like it's it's too confusing. So if you can just take <coughs> one thing and say, okay, and you can work it, you can really work it out. You could heck, you could write it out just to get comfortable with it at first, you know. But um, for me, it, it works, I, I, I prefer, I mean, I, I might write a pattern or an idea out because I, I don't want to forget it, but with patterns that I already know, my preference would be to, well, you can do, my preference would be one of two things. Uh, on certain chord changes, most of the time, 95, 98% of, of the time, just using my ear to resolve it works fine. But then, if I'm playing on a giant step, so if I'm playing on a tune that's got a ton of changes, uh, then uh, it might be necessary for me to at least write down the notes that I'm resolving to. 
as target notes. So for instance, uh, you know, maybe I'm playing on the blues or something, and I wanna I want to resolve a a static structure to the third on a C minor chord. Just write the E flat there. And then when I'm when I'm playing, I can I can visually think to myself, okay, what do I need to do to resolve to E flat? Where do I have to start on my horn? You know, and then I can get I can I can force myself to play something that will resolve in that E flat. You know, and it takes some time. I mean it's not gonna happen overnight. You know, it's not the it's not the simplest concept, but if you know some patterns and you're, and you're desiring to have more locations that you can play those patterns in other than the stock, okay, there's a 2-5, I can play this pattern, or there's a dominant chord, I can play the pattern. There's a diminished chord there, time to play diminished pattern. Rather than having to do that all the time, I just get, I, I get bored with stuff pretty fast. And so, uh, one way to for me, for me not to be bored, is to take stuff that I already am pretty comfortable with and just try to play it in other places. Just kind of experiment with it and see what happens. See what you can get away with. Exactly. Yeah. And then it's like, as long as you can justify it, okay. You know? Who are some good people that transcribe and do kind of satisfaction for Uh, let's see here. A lot of modern guys play static structures, some more than others. Some, some of the modern guys, the tendency is more to do diatonic transposition type of stuff. Some of the modern guys, the tendency is to do more static structure kind of stuff. Because it's almost, if you think about it, it's kind of the same concept, but just uh, a different side of the same concept. Like a static structure, I'm not going to change notes to fit the chord. A diatonic transposition, I'm going to change the notes to fit the chord. You know, that's that's kind of that's kind of the difference, basically. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, static structure is going to tend to be more symmetrical kind of patterns. Diatonic transposition, it's diatonic to whatever the change is. You know, so um, so I guess I'm, there's a couple things. Uh, uh, you know, modern players like. Hmm? You know, Donnie McCaslin. Yeah, you play that stuff. But I'll say, I'll say one thing about Donnie though. Uh, he he definitely plays some static structures, but he definitely favors diatonic transposition. Much more like I'd say, uh, nine out of ten times he's going to play more diatonic stuff. You know, uh, but then it's interesting. The second thing I was going to say is taking somebody like Donnie or taking somebody like Chris Potter or like a, um, heck, a long list of the you know modern younger players you know, that are playing a lot of that kind of stuff. You could take one of the diatonic ideas and convert it into a static structure. You know, so you so that's a that's a great way to take something that's there and make something that's not there. You know, and then you incorporate that into your playing, and then it doesn't sound like anybody. You know. Do we have time to listen to some examples of that? Uh, I do not. And actually, I was about to ex excuse you um, in a, just in a second.
But the other thing is, uh, you, you probably know someone else, uh, you probably know someone that's pretty close to you that plays a lot of static structures. Uh, someone even closer to you. Professor Wallace. <laughs> right. So you can always uh, find some of that stuff in souls. And, and actually, when I think about some of the more... Some of, most of the time when I think about modern players, and I think about players that are playing a lot of static structures, uh, that's one thing about my playing stylistically, about my playing, that I think is a little different. Is I think I tend to play more static structures than most guys do. Um, but then I'm always obviously trying to anchor what I'm playing with the tradition. You have to anchor it with the tradition. If it's not anchored in the tradition, then it just sounds like nonsense. It's just babbling. You know? And it sounds like it's babbling in the wrong key, too. You know? But if it's anchored in the tradition, I can play like a static structure or something way outside, but then I can play something that's like totally cliche inside bebop thing to resolve it. And then it's like, oh, okay, I see what he's saying. It's, you know, it's, and that's 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 where you, that's where you want to. There's a balance, and that's where you want to try to be. Yes. Now, you're talking about how how sometimes it's. Do you feel that they're they're shorter? That they have to be short. I mean. Uh, the the, static the length of static structures. I mean, what, what, what do you put on that? Um, I think that uh, the nature of a static structure is that. The longer you play it, eventually it's going to probably start resolving if you started when it was outside. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Okay. But when, when I hear you play stack structures, they're always, they, they seem to be very short. Well, I don't I don't mean, the actual, like, the grouping of notes that's... No. <coughs> just, just the idea in general before it resolves. I feel like it's, it's always... Uh, it's not too long with you. And then there's like, uh, like I was listening to that, that Kurt Roswinkle, uh, the remedy thing, and Aaron Goldberg is like, just moving, moving, moving with the rhythm section. They keep, they just keep moving and moving, and it's like getting farther and farther, and then just, ka, and then back on. And it goes back in. Right. It's like, you could do so much with that stuff. Absolutely. But there's all kinds of stuff that you can do. I don't think that there's a limit. Um, also, it's hard to, in a lesson, it is hard to, see, because in a lesson, I put a different hat on. I'm playing and improvising, but I'm improvising with the expectation that someone's going to ask me, why did you play that, and why does that work there? And so I think the tendency in a lesson is for me to play uh, more justifiably, okay? Whereas, you know, if I was on a gig or something, or if I was playing with a rhythm section that was playing that way, I mean, yeah, I mean, no, I play that way too. But it's a, it's the the challenge is too, if I'm playing with you know, a pre-recorded rhythm section that is already going to do a certain thing, 
then for me to play really long static structures, almost it's like, well, why, why am I doing that? Because it doesn't even have anything to do with what else, you know, what else is going on. So I think that I think there's a balance. That's what I'm saying. I think there's a balance. And, um, if you play long static structures or if you play short static structures, as long as you can justify it, it's okay. I also think that there is a functional thing, and we might be talking different definitions because this might be a little semantics. Because I think that once the whole rhythm section is involved in it, or when when it's done over a long period of time, it stops having some of the static structure components to it, which uh, the tendency is to take something that has a, a, a specific logic that then resolves. But if I'm playing intentionally outside for a long period of time and then it resolves, it's almost like an intentional uh, I'm intentionally uh, superimposing uh, a dissonant chord change over the existing one, playing modally over that chord, chord change, and then finally resolve. So it's almost like we're, we're, it's the same and it's different. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Does that straight? <laughs> so, but you know, all of this stuff is, is like past a certain, past a certain point, if you understand the concept well enough to be asking the question that you asked, then there's no problem. You see what I'm saying? Then, you know, then there's no, there's no issue because your mind is, you're, you're trying to justify what's going on. And that's all I want you guys to be thinking about. Play whatever you want to play, you just need to be able to justify it. Now, how do you get your rhythm type to pick up on it? Okay. Can I come on that? It's like after three minutes of playing it. Oh, we got it, guys. We got it now. Well, I think what it is is you have to you have to verbally communicate certain things. You you'd like you'd like musicians to be so slick that they just start hearing stuff and they just go there. But there's an insecurity factor. I mean, just frankly, there's an insecurity factor. Like if I start going there, what? But I'm not comfortable there. I don't know what what's out there. You know. I need to stay at stuff that I know. You know, I need to do stuff that I know. There is that kind of thing going on pretty much all the time. And if you think about it, if you were on a strange gig, like you were playing with some cats and they started doing something really out, you'd probably feel the same way. And maybe you'd go there, you'd try to go there, but you'd always have like an eye like this, like, you really want this? Is this really what you want? And so it's the same thing with, with uh, you know, a rhythm section and a, and a lead player that tends to play a certain way. I have this, I have this problem all the time where you know, I play and I tend to play a lot of stuff and cats just like try to lay out and try to like, you know, stay out of the way. And I don't want that. Don't play, stay out of the way, you know. I want players to be interjecting stuff, saying stuff, you know, challenging Challenging what I'm saying, you know, I I like that. Like even like you know, it's like it's like uh, it's like the difference between and and some of us in here are better than others, okay. But it's like some students they come to my office, they never have any questions they ask ask, 
they never have anything they want to talk about. It's just like they just want to just ride the system. And so I'm, you know, I present, so it's like during that lesson, I'm working my butt off. I'm working hard because <coughs> I have to say stuff, make stuff up, dig for stuff, you know, the whole time. I'm in there, you know, like this, the whole lesson. You know? And then there are uh, uh, some of you uh, that they always come and they've got a lot of questions. And that's great. And or they might have some challenges to certain things that I might say. And of course, you know, I can justify most things. And so then it, 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 it uh, helps me to continue to develop my ability to justify things and make sure that I'm not BSing. But then it also, uh, you know, the student gets more information from me, more of what they're trying to get, you know. So I want that. I want that interaction. I want you guys to, to challenge me and to ask me questions that I haven't thought of. I don't want to coast. I don't, I don't like that. I don't want to coast in my teaching. I want to continue to improve my teaching. So And that's, and that's how I do that. It's by you guys asking me, pulling stuff out of me that maybe I, didn't, I don't have totally developed. And then when you do that enough, then that's when I come out with, you know, more scale studies. <laughs> so I had a great about the static structures? Like, I don't know if this is true, but I just thought about this. But, like, I think that it could have, like, originated as people accidentally playing a wrong note and then resolving it correctly. And it sounds really good. Because a lot of times, even in older recordings, you hear people just play, like, a wrong note. And even if it's not intentional, they like resolve it. Well, yeah, so I mean, like Charlie Parker played static structures. That sounds like chromatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah he no, 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 he played, he played static structure. I can show you an example in the boom ditto. But usually that's like a planned yeah. out type of thing. It's like you have like a well, what motive and then you go. Okay. Well, yeah. it is what it's it is. Does it have to be planned out? Yeah, yeah, no, but a static, yeah, I, I know the boom ditto still pretty, pretty good. Uh, I wouldn't say that there's anything in that solo that's a great example of static structures. Uh, I would say, right, and it's not just chromaticism, like it doesn't just resolve the right notes either. Like they're just wrong notes in the key and then it resolves. Uh, let me give like you some other examples of one. that relies on the motion of the changes to eventually resolve. 
like the Love Supreme thing everybody always plays. Right. You don't have to go by the same interval every time, like fourths or something. You can change it. You could do fourths and then you could do a half step. Or you, I mean, you don't even have to. You you could, but I think if 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 you're changing the interval so that it will resolve faster, then it, it almost takes on more of a diatonic transposition. Uh, but, uh, but, you, but you don't have to change the interval just so it resolves. You can change the interval because... Because you want to change it. That's yeah, that's what if I it's consistent. If, yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is, like I said, the pattern has to have its own logic and its own consistency with that. You have to be able to... The person listening to you has to be able to quickly identify there's a pattern there. I can see that that's the same thing going on. If that's happen, if that can happen with whatever that you're doing, then then fine. We'll call it a static structure. So then, um, for it to be a static structure, then like you were saying, how the rhythm section might pick up on it, like wouldn't it no longer be a static structure if like the correct chords weren't being played anymore? Like, well, yeah. I, what he was talking about is a little different than that. Well, I know. I'm, I'm it was a little different than that. But, but, what, yeah. Basically, yes. It's kind of like. Uh, um, I mean, let's let's. This is a different topic a little bit. But say, for instance, if uh, um, you know, I'm I'm playing on this solo and I'm just like really feeling like giant step substitutions on turnarounds, and I just keep playing giant step substitutions, and then. One of the times the turnaround comes around, and you know I played the giant step substitution, but the rhythm section got slick, and they start playing, you know the giant steps changes there. Yeah. Like that sit thing with the fifths on, on the rhythm changes, where <laughs> which yeah you know, he got pissed off the, at a, uh, the piano player at some piano because it was a da uh, 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 and it would move in fifths mm -hmm. and then resolve on like I don't know a measure maybe six measure or something. Right, right, right. Yeah. Wait, what are you doing? Stick used to do this, this pattern in, in fifths, and right. he would get pissed off at the rhythm section because they wouldn't catch him. He's like, dude, play, play this, you know, this thing. So it would be like, you know, uh, it would go B flat, E flat, and uh, B flat, mm -hmm. uh, and it would resolve in one of the measures. I don't remember which one. Are you talking about the eternal triangle bridge? No. No, okay, this was on the A sections. Where was this? This was in a book. I think it was in Everless Mastery. Okay. Either that or it was in the music book about. Yeah, that's that's in the jazz Mark Levine. Yeah, he was sitting in in the, in the jam session, and he goes, "You'll get it," and he didn't, and it was just circle of you know, fifth sports, yeah. um, you know, changes where it resolves onto the four, and then two, five, three, six, two, five for the. Okay, I see. Yeah. And no one was picking up on it. He was getting angry. Yeah. That's in the jazz book. Yeah, it's called jazz. Yeah, I, I, no, I, the two. To get back to what the question was, uh, yeah, the the thing is, is like, I might be playing a giant step substitution because I like the way that it sounds dissonantly against the chord changes and then resolves because it sounds slick even against uh, just a, a turnaround. So as soon as they start playing the chord changes, it totally changes the effect of what I'm playing. Okay, so. There's a couple, so there's a couple things with that, and this is for this reason, a lot of guys don't like it if you're playing on blues. If you're playing on the blues, and then all of a sudden the rhythm, uh, the rhythm section switches to playing the bird blues. 
Sometimes cats think that's slick. Or oh, I'll just go into bird blues. And it's like, yeah, but the soloist didn't ask for bird blues. You know, he didn't ask for, for bird blues. So there's that side of it, and then there's the, the and then there's the other side of it where it's like, okay, but how do you know what the soloist wants and, and, and how do you read certain things? And, you know, and this is where I like, you know, I was talking about being an A leader versus being a B leader. This is where I think it's very important to specifically stipulate what you want. Just, just say in, 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 in English what you want. Don't get mad because the guys didn't pick it up. Just tell them what you want. Um, it's just as creative to think about it beforehand than it is to do it on the, on the spot. It's just a different timing issue. You know, sometimes people think that if it's not in the moment, then it's not creative. Well, it's, it's, your writing is creative, isn't it? And that was done before, right? So you can, so you can, you can think of stuff out front, and it can still be creative. You know what I'm saying? So, so uh, that's 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 my suggestion for front of that kind of stuff. Uh, I tend to just tell guys what I want. Look, this is what I want. You know, and and sometimes. You have to, to reinforce what you want, too. Like, for instance, like I was saying, rhythm section players, a lot of times, it's like they stay out of my way. So after the first tune, and I told them, look, man, I want you to really be interactive, really be aggressive. And they're kind of, sort of, a little bit aggressive, but not really what I want. I have to say it again. And I'll say it a few times before they actually start playing the way I want them to play. Because it's almost like they can't believe that I really want them to play that. You know, and and then more than that, they have been, what do you call it? Uh, they've been conditioned to play understated because of the kind of gigs that they play. If I play at a restaurant and I always have to be conscious of my volume and I constantly have to just be really soft, then what's going to happen when you get with a cat and he really wants you to play? It's going to take a few courses, you know, a, few, a couple tunes before you feel comfortable to jump out there. And you have to keep all of those things in mind. When you're, when you're trying to get guys to play the way you want them to play. You have to be patient, but you have to be assertive. And you have to be very clear. You have to be very clear. You know, you can't expect guys to play the way you want them to play if you haven't articulated in a way that they can understand. Yeah, man, you know, I just want you to just vibe out, man. Just, you know, just go on and just deal, you know. It's like, what does that mean? I don't know what you said. <laughs> I don't understand that. You know? So you have to be very clear with what you want. And then you have to be patient. Don't get frustrated. That's, that's another key. Don't get frustrated. Because as soon as you start getting frustrated, your ability to actually ascertain uh, if they're actually doing what you're ask, asking them to do has been severely diminished. So even once they do start playing the way you want them to play, you're frustrated, so now you're not even having a good time. And, you know, I'm not telling you that from experience or anything. I'm just, you know, kind of just thinking that that might happen. Yeah, not, not from experience. You know, I don't behave in that manner. Uh, I never get frustrated. Uh, <laughs> so, anyhow, I uh, hope that that was, was helpful. And uh, like I said, you know, a blues uh, or 
a standard that you feel comfortable with already and write out some static structures, uh, some patterns, and then specifically and intentionally play them in places that they do not fit, but that they resolve to strong notes, preferably thirds and roots for now. And then once you feel comfortable with that, then start expanding it. 